and welcome to episode 34 of Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And we are here talking about mainly uh, some first 10 pages that have been sent in a long time ago. Apologies, we have taken a while to catch up, but we are, uh, we've gone back to the start and we've actually got three scripts uh, that we'd like to go through. Which have probably today. been uh, picked up and gone to series and broadcast in the time that it's yes. taken us to actually get back to you. And so, in fact, series three is just being green-lighted as we absolutely, speak. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, they're writing the bottle episode as we speak. Yeah, yeah apologies is, for that. Which is always episode five of series two. That's your bottle episode. Right. Anyway, um, before we get there, a few bits and pieces to talk about. Uh, we've had some emails, again, probably uh, decades ago, by the time you actually uh, think, think about it. But we have a... Um, Question from Cassie Atkinson, oh, who I says, remember. Please cast your minds back to before you were pros for listeners who don't yet have producers, script editors, or amazing comedy legend friends like yourselves. What advice would you give about going from draft one to draft two? Any checklists you possibly use or thoughts? Um, yes. Oh, well, that's a, a very good question because we often feel when we've done draft one, especially um, starting out, that, ah, oh, great, that's it. The hit sitcom has been written, and uh, I, the, the longer you go on, the more you look at draft one. And I think even you mentioned this in your your book, yeah. James. It's basically you're you're getting something onto a, a piece of paper or onto a, a, a file that's that's structurally correct, and you're going to have to do a lot of work on it. I mean, the main thing is you can uh, is definitely read it and reread it, and you will find. When you're reading it, you'll just find that you you you'll know automatically where things aren't working, uh, and you'll need to put them right. I mean, and certainly, sorry. The, the the first thing I think you should do is is, is show it to somebody, uh, somebody who you trust, and get their honest opinion uh, on it. Now, I happen to know Cassie. I know you know a lot of uh, writers and and performers, so maybe you could even get it performed with your friends around a table and. You'll get a sense then of where the what, how the rhythm is working, what needs changing, and um, that 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 would certainly help. I'd say definitely. That's a really good thought. Just to read it out loud, and to uh, just hear it, and it's actually just hearing it really focuses the mind on whether it actually works or not. The stuff that works on the page that doesn't work when it's read out, and it just it's just a way of shaking it up. The second thing, it sounds obvious. But it's just worth saying anyway. Make sure that draft two is better than draft one, <laughs> yes. rather than different. Mm. And so, one way is to have a read through, so you, that you've got some sense of what's different, uh, of what what needs to change. Ask people, get notes. But also, a way of doing that yourself, as it were, is to put it in a drawer and come back to it two or three weeks later, and you will feel differently about different bits. Um, with a little bit of distance, especially if you're able to forget about the whole thing mm. and start again. So um, that would be one thing I would do is uh, go through it from scratch. One thing I intend to do is just print it out and stop trying to change it, but sort of go go to a cafe without your laptop, uh, just take the script with you and a pen and read it again and start making notes on it and, and you know put lines through lines that you've really never liked from the first place but you've never thought of a better one for and all those sorts of things as well 
Mm. And be prepared to lose jokes that you love if they're getting in the way. Just put them somewhere else. And yeah. uh, if you're wondering if there's a sort of strange noise in the background, we are actually uh, recording this uh, in the, uh, a room where there are a couple of guinea pigs. Uh, that is not a joke. Like, I know that sounds like a joke. But there are genuinely <laughs> some guinea pigs in the back. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll take a, a picture of yeah. them and put, put it up on the Facebook That's page. That's right. In this uh, amazing studio <clears throat> that we've paid £3,000 an hour for, Absolutely. they've guinea pigs yes. behind. Also sadly. known as Dave office right so um so cassie i hope that helps uh, i'm just trying to think of anything else which i would suggest just making sure that every line is is fighting for its place making sure that every line is within the character rather than just being set ups to jokes that you like i think once you've got draft one out of the way as it were you can then start to see it in a little bit more with a bit of a cooler head because you've you know you in a sense you've written it so now you can work out ways of improving it um so that would be those would be my but i think getting notes if you can reading it through if you can read it through yourself with a bit of distance if you can and just work out a way of how can i make this script better rather than how can i change jokes that i'm now bored of Mm -hmm. into jokes that may or may not be as good as the ones you had to to begin with yeah that'll do for a start yes i think um a little note here from uh, nikolai moss and uh, uh, the the the, res- the response that we've got, that I've got written down here is we can't feed back on your sketches. Right. Ah, right. So sorry about that. So uh, send so people send us lots of things. We're we're not going to read a full script. We're not going to read uh, beyond first ten pages. We're we've actually stopped taking submissions for our first ten pages because we have a bit of a backlog and it's it's getting a bit embarrassing. But um, we're also we're not going to read sketches or anything like that or movie scripts or anything. So thanks for thinking of us. Um, but we would love to have time to read sketches and give feedback, but that is time we do not have. Although, on a professional basis, if you want to get uh, a whole episode of a sitcom um, script read, or uh, like a bunch of sketches uh, script read as a a sort of job lot, really, um, then uh, we do offer uh, script reading services. um, Well, I say we do. Dave does. At this point, it's me at the moment. So uh, you can find out the details of that on uh, my website, davecohen.org.uk. So if you would like some notes um, then uh, uh, for a whole script, then go to davecohen.org.uk, uh, follow the links, and um, he will be able to uh, give you a proper uh, script reading service. But um, that's not part of this podcast, but obviously no. it's, it's related to it. Um, thank you. Robert, uh, Rob Stringer. Uh, it says Rob. Maybe it's Robin. Uh, your podcast books are super helpful. Thanks. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. So my core question is, what do you do when your sitcom unwittingly bears some resemblance to an existing one? However, this question encompasses a number of related anxieties. Oh dear, here we go. I guess other writers have these too, so I'd appreciate it if you were able to at least pick out uh, your favourite of my anxieties to speak about. Um, recently started hammering out a fairly original high-concept script. Dishearteningly, annoyingly, I found out that a recent radio sitcom exists, which is the same genre, fine, but similar-ish, if not exactly identical mm. concept. Um, should we talk about that? Right, well, we'll start there. I mean, two, the first two things that I'd say about that are, um, number one, it's uh, the, the, to be realistic about this and a little bit brutal, your sitcom is probably not going to get made. I think that's... Uh, and we, we have said this before. That even and it if, goes for us too. Dave's, yeah. Dave's sitcoms and my sitcoms are not going to get made. As it happens, 
I once managed to get a sitcom made. But yeah. this, this is an outlier. <laughs> I had a series on the radio. James <laughs> has had a series on the TV. Um, and oh, Actually, several series on the radio. But you know what I mean. Had, but yes, um, that, what, what you're hoping for at this stage is that someone reads your script and thinks, oh, they're a very good writer. I'll ask them to come and work on this other sitcom that um, I've got up and running. So that's the first thing. So don't really worry too much, I would say. Uh, the second thing I would say, and in fact... Um, I remember very well Omid Jalili, who was the, a very hot at this point. He was the one of the hottest people in comedy, and he had this brilliant uh, script, and it was uh, he'd got a long way down the road, uh, and it was all about people who were extras in movies. Uh, it may even have been called extras, I think, but um, it was all kind of in pilot and all shaping up nicely. And then Ricky Gervais, next project after The Office, oh, I'm going to do. I think I'll do a thing about extras. That was it. Sorry, Omid, end of your project. So it happens it at, does happen. at I, every level. I took a, um, I had a sitcom on the radio called Think the Unthinkable. Uh, it was offered to BBC Two. It was about management consultants. It was offered to BBC Two, who had just done Absolute Power, which was also about sort of PR consultants. And um, radio, uh, BBC Two said, we've just done a sitcom about consultants. I don't think we want to do another one. So the two shows were not actually similar at all, really. No. But there were some similarities, that's yeah. just the way it goes. But overall, seeing that script as a way of getting you work, getting you noticed, I would say is probably more of a concern than actually trying to get that particular show onto mm. the TV or the radio. Um, so Also to say, the, sh- the shows probably aren't that similar. Um, I've actually written a blog post on this, by the way, um, called i can't quite remember but if you look through my blog there's something called hell no that's my show i think (laughs) which is you know you've just switched on the tv and you've just seen that it's your it's your show that's on your take on that subject matter will be different your characters will be different the attitude will be different um you you need to kind of make it your own and actually there may be a way in which you can change your show to make it appear much more different there may be a way of of trying to find, uh, oh, sorry, Dave is I just looking found, up now. It really yeah. is called Hell, Hell No, no that's, that's my, my show. show. And what on earth, January uh, what, 2014, what advice did I actually give? Um, uh, I think it's along the yes. lines of, I mean, look it up, but yeah. um, there might be a way of making yours more different, uh, or putting a bit of clear water. It may be that your show, you may have two sitcoms that are set in schools, and there have been con- mm. con- concurrent shows set in schools in the terms of bad education and. Uh, big school, yeah. um, along with Waterloo Road and Grange Hill or whatever it is. Yeah. Educating Essex. And, Educating uh, Essex. Yeah, Educating Yorkshire. So, a, there's a but big, yeah, but no. your show about schools will might be about um, the arrogance of youth or it might be about um, a, a, a PE teacher and somebody else's sitcom about a school may be about um, the management of schools and educational theory and all that kind of stuff in terms of when you boil it down, what it really comes down to. So... Um, I wonder if, because uh, uh, also commissioners, they, they, they like to say no, they, and, and there's always a good reason to say no. I'm sorry, we've had a, uh, a sitcom that's a bit like that. But um, I wonder what happens with people who uh, commission uh, dramas on uh, BBC. I say, well, I've got this, uh, it, it's about a killer and he kills beautiful women a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, we've already got reels off. 15 programmes that have that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a show about the police force. Uh, We've already got a show about the police. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So, uh, 
so yeah, I hope that's helpful. You also go on to say, I want to pitch it because I think it's funny and it might serve as a calling card. So I think you're getting what we're talking about. Mm. However, I can't imagine it's a, it's a good idea to write a submission letter saying, hey, I know you produced X, but mine is obviously different. I mean, maybe don't send it to the people that made the show. No. Um, unless it's still running, in which case they might be looking for writers for it. So maybe you yeah. could. Yeah, there's, um, lots of, there's lots of production companies out there. And uh, you get a very good idea of what's being made and what may be made uh, if you go to the uh, comedy uh, website, comedy.co.uk, British Comedy Guide, and um, they have a page, I think, called In Development. Um, fascinating. And there's lots of stuff there that will never get made, but, but you get an idea of, of what's kind of yeah. uh, what's out there at the moment. Great. So those are our questions uh, for today, and we're now going to look at our first ten pages whilst our guinea pigs are having a nice yes. little drink of water behind. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, so, which should we start with? We well, have. I suppose uh, I've, I've I've got um, Big Wig is the first one that I've got that I read, and this is uh, a sitcom by uh, Kennedy Goodkey and Roger Haskett, um, and this is a, a sitcom which is. I guess, set in the future, a dramatic, dystopian uh, future. Uh, it has a very big story opening, very sort of Brave New World kind of opening. And if you want to, uh, fo- sorry, if you want to follow this along, go to our Facebook page and you'll be able to click a link yes. uh, to find where these scripts are. So you can download this first 10 pages for yourself um, and read this script by uh, uh, Kennedy Goodkey and Roger Hazlitt, who are from Vancouver in yes. British Columbia mm. in Canada. Well, hello there. Hello. You're still in Thank Canada. you for listening. You've probably moved there. You've probably moved three times since you wrote this script, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but it's a good. I I, I like. Uh, it's got a very big story opening, which is okay, and it, it's because it, it happens um, uh, quite quickly. Um, it, uh, that 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 beginning, but the the actual in terms of kind of moving the story on, it it, it does it, it is a little bit slow once we've established. Yes, this is a dystopian future. Uh, so just to, just to explain it to people who haven't who aren't who haven't read it or not going to read it, there's a it's sort of it's it's somebody uh, sort of being woken up and being told that they have uh, a new job and he tries to phone his mum, and his mum doesn't really seem to quite remember uh, who he is. He's called John Gray. Um, he's been given a relatively senior job. He can't quite understand why. It's a very very Orwellian Big Brother. Yeah. feel to it mm-hmm. Kafka uh, Brazil the movie Brazil well it's almost too bleak I would say it reminded me a bit of a, uh, a book I read called The Road uh, which was also made into a, a movie and um, I kind of uh, I, I almost couldn't bear to read it it was so so dystopian and horrible and uh, I, 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 I did feel it, it needs a bit more humour really if it's uh, yes I mean I know that sounds a bit crazy to say but I was what what, what I was surprised by this felt firstly like potentially the beginning of a movie mm. um which is interesting because i think a number of people now are sending us stuff which feel more movie like than sitcom like so this doesn't feel like a sitcom but i was i was optimistic at first because in one sense it's very very straight and because it's really really serious and the the Kafka-esque um, Orwellian nightmare is basically really well realised. I was expecting a thundering great big mm. joke to come along at some point. Kind of like they used to do in Red Dwarf a fair amount, where they would yeah. play that pompous card 
and then Holly would come along and say mm. something really stupid and undermine it all. Well, what what I liked at the beginning, there's a, um, there, there's this uh, point where he's um, obviously everyone everyone can be seen via CCTV, so he's obviously being watched, uh, or you think he's being watched, and uh, he's told he mustn't fix this gas pipe or something, and it and it's up kind of he does some little fiddly thing and fixes the gas pipe anyway. So this is like very early on we've got, oh right, this is like this is gonna be like about some a prisoner who sort of he knows how to play the system, almost like a sort of um a porridge character. But then there's no more that's just like a one off thing that happens. And I think that if you for your next draft I would explore that aspect of his character. If it's if it's like if it's a sitcom about, you know, what is the sitcom about? Is it about, obviously it's a dystopian future, but is it about, uh, like Porridge was about winning little victories, wasn't mm. it, against against authority? Yeah. And that's... Which is kind of what Big uh, 1984 is about, isn't it? Yeah. In a little way, yeah. sort of. And yeah. um, uh, Brave New World as yeah. well. Um, yeah. They're sort of trying to get these little bits of humanity. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so in, in a sense what I like about the show is the fact that it does have tons of ambition and it does take you to another world... So I think there's loads of... Because, you know, lots of shows, uh, lots of scripts are just basically people talking mm. and um, not terribly interesting people talking about not very much. This is really interesting. This is really well realised. So it feels like an area where you could really do some good comedy. Yeah, it may be that it isn't a comedy, yeah. which, is, which would be fine. But the other thing that's... But what, what doing this can sometimes give you the impression of is that an awful lot is happening. And actually, in the first ten pages... Um, our hero, John Gray, isn't actually making any decisions at all. No. He's, being, he's being woken up, he's being pulled around, he's being given this job. He tries to phone his mum, it doesn't go very well. Mm. At one point, um, okay, so there's a couple of lines here, he mourns the piece of his nightmare after he's woken up. Okay, that's, that's a line from a movie script, which even I'd be slightly worried about. John's gaze drifts to his window, the world outside. Um... I think sort of we're trying to play meaningful moments which you either want to undermine if it's a comedy or you want to probably um, cut. Um, but ultimately, he's reacting to everything that's being done to him. Mm. And for me, that's a bit of a worry. And with that, with thing that, that they, single exception of the thing yeah, where he subverts the system. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, that is worth making... It's worth making more on that because otherwise, although it feels like a lot is happening and it's a very exciting new world... The protagonist is ultimately being pushed around, so mm. that's something that um, an awful lot of bluster can can make it look like you've covered up. But actually, you can get to the end of ten pages and think, "Wow, an awful lot's happened." Um, yeah. But actually, the way you think about it, you think, um, "Why do I not particularly want to read on? Mm. Um, would I want to read more?" I mean, there's a test: is would I want to read more than the ten pages you've given us? I would probably read a few more mm-hmm. uh, because there is a completely different world and setting and I am curious to know what goes on. So in that sense, it is a bit of a tick. But overall, the I'm slightly waiting for jokes, Yeah, um, which is a worry for me. So it's almost too much happening in terms of the action, but mm. not enough in terms of the characters and the characters are what's going to make this work. Uh, I, th- I worry that... I mean, I do like grand big ideas and things, mm. but I, I worry that you've used the entire budget for the show in the first 10 pages there's like explosions and uh, all sorts of things mm. going on so um and uh, harking back to the to the the, the uh, email we had earlier um that there are a lot of um 
dystopian sitcoms out there. There was one on the radio. Um, in fact, I, I wrote one about five or six years ago, which we did the first ten yes. pages of yep. here. Um, and, um, you know, it is, it is a, a common yeah. subject. It's up there at the moment with um, bankers and uh, kids having to move back in with their parents. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I say, I, I know I've been there. I've had those rejected <laughs> as well. So uh, Great. Well, yeah. thanks for sending yeah. it uh, to us, Kennedy and Roger. Um, also, the title Big Wig is like, it, it feels like the big title doesn't really, because exterior, it starts exterior, yeah. the Republic Wasteland. Well, POV surveillance cameras, and then it's called Big Wig, which is actually such a comic title, yeah. but doesn't. But he's going to be, he's been chosen to be the next. Yeah, I'm sure, but that's, that's sort of, but the word Big Wig is not the kind of language that they no, would use within yeah. the show. So that's, Commander or so something. So it feels like, like yeah, yeah, it just yeah. feels like you're setting up a show that you're not actually um, following through. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, which should we do with? next? Uh, up to you. What's your next one? Well, let's go for another script that is a little bit. Uh, Filmic, yeah. and I say that it's filmic because, as I was saying, um, this is Monster yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Michael Richardson, um, uh, who is in Glasgow. Thank you very much, Michael, for sending us this to, to look at. Mm. Again, it, it was um, as I was reading it um, by about page four or five, uh, maybe even page six, I was thinking, I've read an awful lot of action lines and an awful lot of direction and people looking this way and doing that and not actually saying very much. Uh, that's page eight I've written. There are a lot of action lines, not much dialogue. Is this a movie? Question mark is what I've written. Well, in fact, I wrote down, yes, uh, wow, gripping, great opening five minutes of a movie. Problem is, it's a sitcom. And uh, there's a lot of backstory. Now, to be fair to you, you sent this to us probably even before we mentioned uh, that we don't like backstory. Yeah. Um, but um, that is something that we do stress time and again, that ba- uh, backstory is um, the enemy of uh, sitcom. So just to explain to, to people who haven't got the, the script uh, in front of them, we have a, uh, a character called Will, who's it's 1995, he's eight years old, and um, he's in bed and he um, is worried that there's... Uh, something in the bedroom, poltergeist, wind whips, is, you know, and this sort of, and his dad comes in and says it's all fine, and there's a little sister who um, uh, pulls his leg as well. And then we cut forward to 20 years later, he's a successful kind of trendy executive type who uh, leaps out of bed, goes to work. He is then fired, and then 37 seconds later, he's on the roof of the office, um wearing uh, his tie around his head, Rambo-style, hair all over the place, utterly unhinged. Um, They want his ID card back. He throws his ID card over the edge, and then he jumps off. Mm. And then he is being picked, and then he hits the pavement. And then three months later, he's being driven back uh, to his home uh, in his dad's car. And um, opening titles... Um, page eight, I think the opening title. Page seven. Uh, page, top of page seven. Page seven. Um, okay. So, so this, um, is, this for me is where the story starts. This and, and, and then and then we get lots of other character descriptions. Yeah. Um, and then um, he's clearly uh, going to have to adjust to being back at home. Um, so the first six pages are set up and I, I know we've talked about what an ideal pilot is and that a pilot sets up the show really, really quickly. So it feels like you've set it up very quickly with six pages and again, 
a lot happens in those six pages. Somebody has a has a frightening experience as a child. They go to work, they get fired, and then they jump off a building. That's great, but that's sort of weirdly not telling us that much about the character. Yeah. Because he's, he's a little scaredy cat as a boy, and then for some reason... You, so you've, you've set up a character who's going to be frightened. Hmm. And then 20 years later, he's a trendy upmarket guy who's very positive, and today is going to be a good day, it says in an action line, which is a bit of a cheap line, and you probably shouldn't write too many lines like that. Because it's going to actually be the worst day. <clears throat> and then he's going... And then he's having a chat with the boss. He's trying to work out a way of telling him that he's fired. Um, but he's very, very positive in this meeting. And then the penny drops. And then he sort of goes mad, um, wearing his head Rambo style. If somebody's doing that, they're not suicidal. Rambo makes me think they're going to go on the rampage and start to kill people. Mm. Um, like Michael Ryan did in Hungerford um, uh, in, the, in the 80s. But actually, this is taking him into a place of suicide... Um, which is fine. And then when he is brought back home, he doesn't really have any lines um, other than, have you been watching Game of Thrones? I think is his only line. Well, no, it is. I jumped off the, I jumped off a building is, is, yes. is his key line. Yes. Actually. But we've and already I, seen I, him do I, that, but yeah. you get the idea that just, it feels just, like, yeah. And I think that to, to, to uh, just, just go through those things, things that James has said there and that not, none of them actually relate to each other so he's the first five pages he's this slightly scared little boy the next couple of pages he's a hip ha- happy successful person the next page or whatever he's about to jump off a building and then we get to the point at which for me the sitcom starts uh, which is he goes home and there are all these people around him and it feels to me that this is when that that this is where we're opening, and in fact, I would even do as the credits, kind of almost as as it, as it has, but that this would be like the very opening credits would be him arriving, and then there's this sort of welcome. He arrives home, and there's this kind of welcome home sign, and then there are these various characters. Um, there's his dad, um, his his stepmom. His his mum died when he was very young. Again, that's a, another thing that. He's getting it a little bit in the way of what's 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 this show about? Um, there's his sister, um, and then there are these various other people uh, around. There's a sort of nosy neighbour, and it, you can uh, you can convey all of these people and and what's going to happen. And you, you have an opening uh, scene, uh, opening credits, and you will just see all these people meet it seeing him come back and there'll be somebody who's maybe really happy to see him somebody who who's nervous about him being back and you can you can tell so much of yeah. the backstory in those opening credits and, and so, you, could e- you could even have because uh, you've got a banner which says will come home which is nice yeah. as a sort of a, a so silly know pun. his name no. they know his name but also somebody else could have written a banner saying sorry you tried to kill yourself yeah. or something like, you know yeah. what I mean some really yeah. tactless thing mm. where they're trying to be nice about it yeah. and then you've sort of done really in um, in a page what, what you've sort of done in about nine pages it won't be as exciting granted mm. um, but we keep, you know, if, if we keep 
setting things up that we're then not following through. It's it's just a, it's a real worry. The scene actually where the CEO, the uh, executive officer, is 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 uh, sacking him. Uh, I actually I actually really enjoyed those little the little sections there, uh, and I thought it's a shame that CEO feels like quite an interesting character. He was a sort of he's a bit young, a bit trendy as well, but he doesn't want to sack him, but. He's kind of, you know, it's dog eat dog, whatever. Mm. Um, so uh, that's a shame we're not going to, I guess we're not going to see that again. And also there was just this very nice moment and, and uh, when he's actually out on the ledge and the, the character uh, who's called Janet from Accounts yeah. and, that, and just seeing that made me laugh. I just like the idea that he's about to throw himself off the building and then he hears, Will, it's Janet, <laughs> Janet from Accounts. <laughs> you know, I think that would be a really nice little, yeah. yeah, come off the ledge, all right, you know, and uh, when you've done that, I've got some forms I needed to fill in. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's right. exactly you can't jump without signing for your expenses. Yeah. Um, a couple, yeah. couple of other thoughts, and, and you know, you're using uh, Crazy by Patsy Cline as the... Um, as the music. Now, that's uh, a joke that I've seen too many times, I think, is, you know, uh, uh, you know this lovely Patsy Cline song from the 1950s about, hey, I'm crazy being in love. And it's used, I think, in uh, The Simpsons as uh, when, when Homer's put in the mental institution and they say, please hold while we try to connect you. Crazy. <laughs> so, that's, uh, so it's kind of... Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't use that. I've also you've got a small point, but these are, these things matter. Uh, in the scene set in nineteen ninety five, you've got a, a four year old um, girl using the word "gay" as in no, oh, that's really gay and that's stupid. And I don't, a I don't think a four year old would use it, and b even if they did, it would, they wouldn't have been doing so in nineteen ninety five. Small points, but these are the kind of things that people look at and they go, well that's kind of getting in the way of yeah. my enjoyment of this. So, so on individual bits like that, we don't want to tear into shred or anything, but um, uh, Anna Davis's little sister, who's four in that first scene, Will's little sister, is slumped on Dave's lap a thousand-yard stare. Um, couple, so I don't know why she's got a thousand-yard stare. That's, it's quite a popular thing to put in scripts, mm. these ideas, that people are staring off into the distance. Mm. And we, the audience at home... We don't know what they're thinking, mm. so what are we? I don't know what we're meant to think. But also, I wrote next to it, "Good luck getting that out of a four-year-old." <laughs> um, so, getting four-year-olds to act is really, really hard. And if yeah. you're going to put that into a script for a producer, you want to produce it. He's already just thinking, "Oh, blimey, I'm not going to have to get a four-year-old to do that, am I?" Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of just yeah. um, but, bits but and pieces. I, 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 just, just to be. Uh, you know, again, trying not to be uh, sound too down on it. I do, sure. I do think that that, that um, you have got a nice that you can reveal those backstory items through, but you have to do it through the characters that yeah. uh, that you've got. And I, I like I like that as an opening that him coming home and you know it's, it really sets out what the show is mm. going to be about. And I, I assume well, it sets out. I think here's the here's the issue. It sets out what the show's what the show's theme is going to be about. But the first ten pages doesn't give you any indication of what the rest of the of the yeah. episode's going to be about because we've got a, a flashback scene, we've got some characters from an office that we're never going to go back to, um, and there's a lot of um, stuff whereby you just think I don't after, after ten pages I still don't really know what quite this show is going to be. Mm. Um, so would I read on? I probably would. 
So that's yeah. that's that's still a win. Yeah. Um, I would I would I would have read page eleven to fifteen, and if if it if it was more of just sort of standing around and talking, I probably would have uh, stopped reading at that point. But I would have read no. more. Yep. So that's okay. not bad, is it? That's uh, very good. Thank, Thank you, Thank you very much for sending it to us. Yeah, we uh, are. Uh, Michael, that's really good of you. Yeah, Thank we, you. We're hoping to uh, read quite a few more. Uh, I would say for the time being, probably don't send us any of your uh, ten pages, but um, uh, that that will change hopefully by um, maybe the sort of beginning of uh, next year. We'll hopefully have uh, got through uh, quite a few more of them by then. So <laughs> Very... I'm, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> no, OK. Uh, um, we must try hard. Harder. Okay. Yeah, we so, must try harder. So, so here's, we, a, yeah. here's a th- here's a third one. The third uh, one is called Old Habits, written by Mark Patterson. Again, you can find the link on the Facebook page. Um, and this is a uh, a much more um, knockabout, funny, funny, as it were, sitcom about um, set in a nunnery, a convent, as I believe they're also called. And um, you've got Constant, Sister Constance, and Sister Devlin who are sharing a cell. I think they call them. Mm, nice names. Then there's I like a mother, those two names. There's a mother superior um, and uh, Sister Angelica comes in. Mother superior is counting lots of money. Um, uh, there is um, some stuff going on in the cloisters. Uh, so Constance is always upbeat and very um, excited and Devlin uh, is a little bit more worldly wise and, and mm. weary. It's um, it's basically um, a female father Ted, really. In fact, it's mother mother of Ed, uh, mother Ted, mother Ted, mother uh, Edwina, uh, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but in fact, and in fact, the opening scene is or could almost be a scene from Father Ted. There's uh, there's Const- sister Constance, who's the you know constant, and sister Devlin, who's obviously the you know uh, miserable one. Um, she's got the devil in her, and. Um, they're they're in bed and it's just before dawn and they're talking and and and, and it's basically Dougal and Ted pretty yeah. much, um, and it's a it's it's nice and a little bit funny as well. But there's actually uh, bear in mind that uh, the, the, there isn't actually any story happening mm. in that first scene, and um, also you've got you, 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 this sitcom we had I think we meet five uh, nuns in the in this first ten pages and I think it's it's a short ten pages as well because I think you did a lot of double spacing so yeah. it feel, feels quite short so we all, we meet five characters remember you're going to be watching this on TV so we're going to see five uh, similar looking women all wearing the same clothing so you've got to really uh, differentiate and you have to differentiate their characters and and this is just a, a useful thing you could do for instance is uh, you know not just uh, and it might help you with the characters you know maybe one of them has got a little annoying sniffle or something mm. and that, these just little bits of colour that you can add to a script and, and you know one of them might have a sort of or something that they mm. just kind of add at the end, of, and, and, and a little tick or something, and and, and just because you you, you can't quite got. I mean, and as I say, I read the first scene and thought, oh right, so Devlin is the is the is Ted, but yeah. then the next scene happens, and then there is a superior to Devlin. So she so so it's actually there's there's uh, she's she's kind of one below Ted, and the mother superior is you know obviously uh, the boss. Um, and um, there's uh, just looking for some uh, looking at some other 
I do. Well, I think I'm um, not really getting the delineation between, for instance, the Mother Superior, apart from the Shadow Boss, and Devlin. So yeah, and so I think we're we're lacking a bit of story to draw us through. Um, you know, the, for some reason, the Mother Superior has got loads and loads of money. Um, I I don't buy that convents have lots of money, mm. um, and I think there is a there is a sort of a you know, a public perception that the Catholic Church is secretly extremely rich. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not sure that rings true with this particular um, convent. So I think because there's sort of zero realism here, which I have to say I have no problem with as a concept mm. at all, it just means that you just have to be incredibly funny. You have to do really big jokes that mm. we really haven't seen before. And because it is going to invite really big comparisons to Father Ted... You have to be funnier than Father Ted or have a particular angle that really differentiates it. And also, Father Ted's really weird. Hmm. There's some real weirdness in <laughs> Father Ted um, that, um, that, that we're not getting here. And that's fine. You don't have to be like Father Ted. You should try and not be. But at the moment, this is just feeling like funny characters in a convent talking. Um, and there are lots of sort of jokes that are kind of wit. Um, because we've sort of got, I think the first joke is, um, Carlson's saying, I was thinking, and Devon says, no, there's a first. Okay, that's a, that's not really a joke, that's all, that's wit. Um, I and, felt like, as a, yeah, you, with your opening line for each of your characters in in every episode, and, and you know, obviously at the begin, the first time we see a character, yeah. we want to go, ah, right, yeah. yes, I remember that character, and you have to kind of do that again and again. You know, think, think of, think of uh, Kramer. Think of all the creative ways that he found to end, just to enter a room. Yeah, you know, and that sort of, that's the kind of level that you 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 want every character to have something that's distinct about them. You you want to see it in those the, yeah. the sort of opening exchanges, and that that felt to me. I didn't that. Oh, that's a first. Yeah, it just felt like a kind of it's a sort of throwaway thing, and it was her first line, which was a shame. Um, but I do. Th- I, I I think it's fun. You can afford to be a little bit more cartoony with it, as James yeah. says. Exactly, it's not real. And I sort of don't mind about the money kind of thing, but if if these characters are, I mean, imagine that this is a cartoon. Imagine it's an animation. Um, so you know, one of your characters is going to have really big eyes, and one of them is going to kind of go. They're just all going to be. They're they're all going to be larger than life, and they're all going to kind of, you know, you've got a perfect situation. You've got these five people in this place. Yeah. There's nothing, no distractions, yeah. or very few distractions, and. You know, there's just it's a lovely setup to, yeah. to create conflict, and 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 if you just imagine, just make the characters bigger, mm. uh, that yeah, would help, and, and ruder. And I sort of think about James's uh, sitcom uh, Bluestone Four Two, where they're all you know they're all soldiers, they're all stuck there. There's no way that you know you can't just say, oh right. He's being mean to me. I oh, sod it. Right, I'm off. Yeah. I'm going now. There's no way out. Yeah. Um, so you know you can afford to be really horrible to, yeah, to people because they're stuck there. They've they've, yeah. they've married Jesus. Yeah. Um, they've taken that vow of. Yeah. Um, but so look, one of my favourite films of all time is Nuns on the Run, yep. and I also have a soft spot for The Pope Must Die. Right. So there, there, there's definitely a show here. Mm-hmm. Going back to what we were saying at the very start to to round things off, the problem is that this has been done before and so you know because because it is father ted but this script can still work for you if you turn it into a calling card which shows you 
which shows the kind of comedy that you like. You like big, broad, uh, knockabout uh, comedy. You like this kind of stuff that's nothing like the other two scripts that we got. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's lots to work with here. Yeah. So you need to make this script show what you can do. Um, so at the moment, there's, there's lots to work on there. But, um, but thank you for sending it to thank us, you. Mark, for sending us Old Habits, which is actually quite a good title for yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's our show. Um, we have a few bits and pieces just to mention. I have written a sitcom for the radio called Be Lucky, which is currently on iPlayer, um, and it stars uh, Milton Jones and Joe Joyner and Ellis James. Great and cast. It was on BBC Radio Wales. Um, the first two episodes have gone out and on iPlayer. Episode three goes out this coming Saturday, which is in October 2016, by the way, if you're listening to this mm-hmm. in some dystopian future. And also, um, I've... It is the official release of um, the DVD of a play I wrote called The God Particle, which you can now buy on DVD. So um, it would be great um, if uh, you're interested. To you, if you just go to thegodparticleplay.com, you'll be able to see a trailer uh, for it, a two-minute trailer, and then go off and buy it if that's something that is of interest. It's about science and religion, and it basically feels a bit like a sitcom, and it's two people who are basically stuck with each other. So that is The God Particle. Um, I've just Dave, got my uh, copy and I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and Dave, um, you have got some sitcom courses coming up. Yes, I have. And if you are listening to this uh, in the first three or four days, you are in time to catch the early bird at a special rate uh, for my uh, two, two days I'm doing. One day, How to Make a Living at uh, Comedy, and then also a, a day about writing sitcom. Uh, again, all the details on my website, davecohen.org uk or on twitter at cohen dave um also i'm doing uh, my show which i've been uh, doing occasionally this year it's called music was my first love my stand-up poem uh which i shall be doing uh performing with john dowie he'll be reading from his new book um and we're performing in uh, on the 10th of november the big green bookshop wood green and then we're in uh we're in crystal palace 18th of november bookseller crow and a bookshop in clapham on the 24th of november so there you go is that on your website as well uh that will possibly be, possibly eventually. if i'm organized enough but i haven't got it on there yet <laughs> great but anyway also uh, details of dave's yes. book are on there too how to be averagely successful in comedy my book is called how to write uh, writing that sitcom which you can look at on my blog sitcom geek dot uh, blogspot.com that's it thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon cheerio bye bye